Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Star Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Ben, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their takes on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, AJ and Vincent chat with Kate Gunning, the founder and chief marketing advisor at Crush Brands. She talks about how curiosity is the key to effective marketing and how technology and social media can help drive consideration for brands. AJ attends Halloween parties, and Vincent can't handle a real drink. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. We are well into season three. Do you believe it? Season three, we were like, wait a minute, let's start this podcast and let's see what happens. And now season three, hundreds of episodes, people recognizing us at the conferences. Now, thank you. People are like, wait a minute, I listened to your podcast are you an AJ like that in real life? I'm like, what does that even mean? Of course we are. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm actually even more excited in real life when you meet me. People are like, wow, you don't really turn that off, do you? I do not. It annoys a lot of people. Just ask my wife. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so good to be here again. Let's talk about Strista really quick. If you're just listening, the marketing stir. We have conversations here. Like if we met our guest at a conference, at the cocktail hour, or just a networking event, that's how we talk to our guests. We love our guests on the show, and I love my co-host on the show. We'll get to him in a moment. But Strista, real quick, let's pay the bills here. I'm kidding. There's no bills to pay. I just like to say that we are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data. We own the technology that helps push to that data. Let us know if you need email marketing, acquisition. We have our own DSP. We own that. It's We have OTT, connected TV, display, email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am that I could help. I just gave you my email address. Other thing I'm confident in and that I love, I told you, my co-host, we really are like that in real life. He's really like that in real life. The Gupta, we call him. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I'm uh, starting to finally feel recovered from hanging out with you last week. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, but now the weekend is here almost. So we'll see how that goes. Got a couple of Halloween parties to go to. Exactly. We're filming this a couple of days before Halloween here. And I'm recovering from hanging out with you. Let me tell you something. Peer <laughs> pressure exists well into your 30s and 40s, I will tell you, because we were at a networking event and I had a bourbon and I drank the bourbon. That was the first thing I started out with. Then I switched over to light beer, <laughs> light beer and uh, you know, my CEO says, why don't you drink a real drink? And so the remainder of the night, I went back to bourbon and boy, was that not a good idea. You know who doesn't care if you are hungover the next day? Children. <laughs> Children, they don't care. My two-year-old did not care, jumped right on me, kicked me right in the face with his little foot. And yeah, they don't care. Daddy, wake up. Let's play Legos. It's 6.13 a.m. I don't want to play Legos. <laughs> But that's how it is. You're a bad influence, AJ. In my experience, the hangovers are better if you only drink bourbon neat 
So I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you, Winston. Why you had a, such a bad hangover? Well, because I had like four beers before that, and then I, you know, mixed it in. It's it's. Uh, well, it's, ne next time go bourbon all night. That no, way. next time I'm going light beer. I'm going to go Michelob Ultra, followed by like a water. It's a you know, and I'm going to take a one of those pills that make you feel better after. But that's where I'm at nowadays. That's uh, but that's what New York City does to you, AJ. <laughs> in New York City, I wish. This person still lived in New York City. I we we haven't met in person, but you know I always say this on the podcast. You can tell when someone lived here. You can tell when someone is, is from this area, and she is no different. She's she's rocking it out in Austin right now, though. That's crazy. Like Austin's an amazing city. You know, it's not it's San Antonio where our headquarters is. I of course am New York, but Kate and I were almost like literal neighbors. That's our guest, ladies and gentlemen. Kate Gunning, she's the founder and chief marketing advisor at Crush. Ladies and gentlemen, warm welcome. Kate Gunning, what's going on, Kate? Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing great. I love the sign. Hopefully, you know, a lot of people, 99% of our listeners consume us via audio. Maybe you just like listening to our voices. I don't know. Maybe it's soothing. Maybe I annoy you, but you still listen. But Crush It is in the back with a uh, beautiful light. So, and I, all that space, that's why you moved from New York City, Kate, because you, have, you have now have space and it's, you can walk around and have a sign. But I love the sign, but get, let's get right into it. Like, you know, tell us about this, this, you know, this venture for you. Tell us about, introduce yourself, introduce the company and uh, tell us what your, kind of your role is, your day to day. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. And yes, it's true. We lived one block from each other, went to the same coffee shop for years, never met in person. We probably <laughs> now, passed each other like 25 times, right? We probably, <laughs> we probably like stood in line next to each other. And then now That's we're right. Like, yeah, Shout out to Laughing Man Coffee and our friends. Yeah. We love you. And your coffee is the best. Thanks, yes. Hugh. Thanks, so, Hugh. So yeah, too. I'm Kate Gunning and I've been in marketing for 20 years. Yes, I'm old enough to have been in marketing for <laughs> 20 years. I am the golden age of 37, and I've been doing marketing since I was 17 in wow. college. I had the great joy of interning at McCann Erickson in New York City when I lived in college, and I thought it was the coolest. So I started my career working in big global ad agencies in New York and in London, which was so much fun. And then I spent the last 10 years working on Wall Street. Yes, Wall Street. I'm kind of like a monkey on Wall mm. Street and otherwise. <laughs> um, but I was grateful that they let me hang out with them for 10 years um, in various roles. And a couple of months ago, I thought, you know, what I've always really wanted to do is my own thing. And the reason that I want to do my own thing is because... Growing up in marketing, and especially as an agency girl, and growing up on Wall Street, I have always known kind of intuitively that the combination of creativity and vision from founders and business leaders coupled together with capital to deploy an idea is really powerful. And I think that that combination can almost create more impact in our world than politics, etc. So I love the idea that every day I get to collaborate with really creative visionaries of businesses that are really trying to make an impact, figure out how to deploy their capital for marketing, 
so that their companies can improve the lives of lots of people and change in some instances how the world fundamentally works. So I'm super grateful. I always figured I would do this maybe like by the time I was 40. I always wanted to work for myself by the time I was 40. But then sometimes the universe is like, oh, actually, you're going to do it now. So here we are. The vortex opened. I jumped in. It's the most fun I've ever had. And I'm just so grateful that I get to work with people that I really enjoy. I get to choose the people that I work with. We get to choose each other if it's a match in terms of strategic partnership. So that's been such a thrill. That's awesome. So, and, and 17, like, you know, that's, that's, that's an internship you're doing at 17. Talk, talk to me about that. Cause they, the, the, one of our staple questions, Kate, is how people got started into marketing. And yeah. you're like, no one has ever been like, I was 17. I was working for a company. <laughs> like, I was like, are you even allowed to work for a company at 17? There are people allowed to work. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but yeah, talk right. to us about that. So I graduated high school when I was 17. I was one of those August baby birthdays. Me too, August 15th. (laughs) And I, August 15th, I'm August 9th. Wow, we have so many things in common. Come on, come on. Love this triangulation, synchronicity. I, I started college when I was 17 because I was a young baby August. I was like the last one to drive, the last one to get to go to R rated movies, all that good stuff. Um, and so I got carpooled around everywhere, but I knew right away that I wanted to do marketing and advertising. So I started interning and like really hustling right when I got to school. And at one point I actually worked at a local agency for a professor of mine. Hi, Tom and hi, Melissa. Um, we had so much fun and I did some marketing for a local coffee shop. So yeah, I've always loved marketing. I've always known I wanted to do it. And I'm really grateful that it's been a fun career for me for such a long time now. Well, Kate, welcome to uh, Texas, too. Uh, <laughs> like we're practically neighbors. Yes. So what's been kind of a highlight for you in the last couple of years in your career? Yeah. Well, there's, so the last, I would say four have been really wild. So I left JP, I was running brand at JP Morgan for almost six years, which was incredibly fun, challenging. I learned, I got schooled um, so many times by so many people in really good ways. Um, Hi guys. And um, I left when I was 33 to join IEX, which is an upstart stock exchange, is their CMO, and was terrified because I had never run all of marketing before and I was young. And uh, I thought, I don't know how to do this, but let's go for it. So, again, beautiful match between the founders and myself, whom I still love, adore, respect, and appreciate. And so that was wild to just like leave JP Morgan, leave people who I was really comfortable with, who I learned a ton from, you know, could have used them as a crutch for a while if I had wanted to, but I love to be thrilled and afraid. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, So I joined IEX and then COVID happened obviously. And I came to Austin with my family and a suitcase 
and figured we'd stay for three weeks, just like while COVID lasted and, you know, till it was over after a couple of weeks, you know, since it was only going to last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be done by Easter. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. no problem. And so we came with suitcases and then decided to stay and the IEX office never really reopened. So I just traveled back to New York every couple of weeks or so to see people who were there. And it was really thrilling to have that journey as CMO. And then I got a call from a guy named Omer Tariq who founded cart.com and my friend who advises him. And they're like, we have this company, it's cart.com. We're competing with Amazon and Shopify and it's B2B and it's SaaS. And I was like, say what? Um, and we're in Austin and I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And so I, I decided to transition from IEX to cart.com, which again was like kind of a, a thrilling move. Like I've been in this other place for a while and having a really good time, but then it's like, you feel kind of called to take the next jump. And so that was like a roller coaster too. The cart, I, we raised $350 million in a year, acquired 10 companies. So it was an insane journey. And I only ultimately was there for 10 months, but 10 months felt like 10 years because of all of the work that we did. And so that was wild too. And then again, like depending on who you are and how you make decisions, maybe seems a little crazy in the middle of an economic downturn to leave your role as head of marketing at cart.com and start your own advisory firm called Crush. And, but I just, I've, I'm a gut oriented human and I just know, feel, and I'm confident, you know, even more and more every day that that was the right move. So really it's all been kind of wild over the last couple of years. And I'm really grateful for that. And I, as a marketer, I really believe in signs and signals and kind of like looking for patterns in the, out in the world in terms of what customers are doing and how they're behaving and how they're talking, not just about your product or your competitive competitors products, but just like in general, right? Like who are they really? I think the same thing for me in terms of my career is like, if there's a sign, if there's a signal, if something's opening itself up to you, then go for it. And I want to live my life to minimize regrets. My aunt used to always say that to me when I was young. And I remember that all the time. And I think that's really why wild for me is better. So thanks for the question. It's a fun one to answer. It sounds like you've done quite a few things already in uh, uh, being pretty young yourself. Uh, I like to point that out since I'm 38. I like to feel young as well. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm the old guy on the podcast. <laughs> 40, 44 years old. It's, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to feel young with this group. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Vin and Dorothy are way younger than uh, all of us. <laughs> so, so Kate, being having worked at different places and being very successful already, what do you think some of the most important skill sets are for a marketer that they need to succeed these days? Yeah, definitely curiosity. I think that there are a lot of people who have learned how to do marketing and there are now because of 
technology and social media, there are zillions of playbooks that you can just download for how to do performance marketing and how to make a TikTok video and all this, but anyone can do marketing. Not anyone can really delight customers and pull people in like in a way that people just can't stop thinking about the brand. And I think that what creates that dynamic between a customer and a brand is a really deep, keen level of curiosity that you've always got to have. And also feeling confident in having ideas that are polarizing. So I feel very much that any time throughout my journey that there's been an idea presented or a strategy presented where everyone at the board table is just kind of like neutral, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's usually when the results are like, yeah, okay, moderate. But when there's real debate at the, at the table about, okay, let's unpack this idea or this plan or this approach, right? Like these are the things about it that are wild. These are the things about it that are awesome. That tension is usually when customers are really delighted. And I really think that in order to capture those kinds of ideas, you have to be really curious and you have to study patterns in culture and study patterns in the business and study patterns in your customers' buying behaviors. And that's the kind of thing that does take a level of gut orientation that I think people ignore because we've got so much information in front of us and we're moving so fast. So curiosity drives creativity and I believe creativity drives business. And that's why I named my advisory firm and fund Crush, because I think that it's possible, no matter the category, to make brands that people can stop thinking about. So. I love it. That I was just yeah. going to ask, because I, I was like, I saw the sign earlier, and I was like, wait, I want to ask the question. So you, you, you yeah. answered it. I love, I love the name. And, and you know, you, you touched upon it as well, Kate, but, uh, you know, let's go into it a little bit more. I, you know, like you said, you know, during this pandemic, you were at a company that was doing, you know, really well mm -hmm. and, you know, acquisition, raising money. And you just decided, you know, just to start your own company. Talk to us a little bit more about that. What, what was the process like? Yeah. And, and, and what advice can you give, you know, to other people out there? You know, someone who's kind of like, you know, well, maybe I should open that franchise or maybe I should do this or start that company. Would love to hear that because it's very unique, uh, you know, to the people we talk to on our podcast. Absolutely. Well, one thing I'd say is I'm no stranger to doing something during a crisis. I started my career on Madison Avenue during the financial crisis, <laughs> <laughs> and my client was J.P. Morgan. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. like, I'm no stranger to trying to level yourself up during a, during a crisis. And my father started his own real estate development firm during the financial crisis also. And I was like, dad, are you sure you want to do that right now? And he's like, KT, I'm telling you, there is so much demand. I've got to do it now, or I'm going to miss it. Yeah. And like, that's why I, there's so many cool projects going on. There are so many people with inspiring ideas and trying to either gather capital or deploy their capital. And they just are like, what do I do? And so 
that's the real real is like, there's all this window of opportunity, all these super fun conversations that occur, tons of really interesting people to talk to about their business. And so I just felt like, gosh, I'm compelled to, I'm compelled to help them crush it. Like I might as well just go and do it. And so I'm, I'm just really grateful that I kind of took the leap, put my neck out on the line. I purposefully talked about it. I say, I would say like, I was very intentional about telling people what I was doing mm -hmm. before I was ready because I, I really believe in intentionality and putting things out there and what you say is what's real and like creating the world that you want to live in. So I have found myself in a position where contracts are coming in. I don't have, you know, I didn't have my, my LLC set up even yet, you know, like, but you just, you do it, you figure it out. You, you speak transparently with, with people and then it just all, it all works out. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. And this is not, this is not my official question, but my, how did, how did your dad's company work out when he tried? <laughs> you right. My dad's company is literally crushing it. Like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I made, I did, I'm not a designer BTW, but I, I designed his logo when awesome. he started like on, I cobbled it together in InDesign and picked for a screen for the brand color because growing up, he and I always had a family color between us two and it was always forest green so that's like our color so i picked forest green he still uses that logo that's and awesome. he just is like raking in the dough man he if you are in the southeast and there's a port nearby my dad's probably built the manufacturing or distribution center so he does like the big centers for all the different kinds of brands and companies that you could imagine need to ship into ports like savannah and jacksonville and that's Birmingham. cool yeah, yeah. So he's man. Shout out to shout out to dad, ladies Hi, and gentlemen. Dad. Shout out to dad. Uh, you know, and uh, Kate, you you know, with with your business and just again your marketing background and and you know, wanting being in this industry, like you said, twenty years. How do you stay on top of industry trends? Yeah, honestly, I think that they cycle. So what's really interesting is if you're an idea led problem solver, which I like to think of myself as an idea led problem solver, then Whatever is the trend, it kind of, it does, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it's like the idea should drive what you're doing, right? Like what's in the plan. And so there's always going to be a new trend or a new development in marketing to understand, right? So it's a couple things. One, when you're curious, then you're observing, right? You're reading, you're understanding what kinds of conversations are popping up, right? Right now, as an example, what's the kind of controversial new age one in marketing? Web three, right? Some people think it's dope as shit and they're like totally down for it. And others are like, no, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole for my marketing plan. Like, don't even say the words web three to me. You are nuts, right? That is an example of what did I say before? Something polarizing, right? This is not dissimilar to when I lived in London, I was running the, the business for um, some of the Nestle portfolio at JWT London. And JWT had the TV business for Kit Kat for literally a hundred years. Like they did I have a break, have a Kit Kat, all the TVCs globally, right? 
they were like, God, it'd be really great to diversify our revenue with KitKat, but we just can't seem to win the social media business. This is like when brands first started going on Twitter, right? Like, how do I do a Twitter? And now that seems so silly, but that's kind of how I feel about Web3. Now it's like, how do I do a Web3 NFT? What is that? But so I think, again, having a level of curiosity about what's going on, what's starting to bubble up as a new theme like that Web3 conversation, and then trying to find people who are becoming early experts in the subject matter, right? So like I have a whole list of people that I call on right now who are absolute knee-deep Web3 experts. And I call them often. And I ask them questions and I ask them like, who do you see that's doing interesting things in this space, right? Um, can you help me think through how we might utilize this in our plan for a certain brand, right? So I think it's like always being open-minded, not necessarily feeling like you have to jump into a trend too soon, let it be natural for the customer that you're solving a problem for but understand it as best as you can and find people who are really knee deep experts so that you can tap into them when you feel like you want to leverage a trend for a brief that you're working on or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think uh, you might be our web three expert. You are very passionate about it. <laughs> well, you know, I just really love the fact that it's kind of like a new age loyalty program. Like I, that's just the way I think of it is, it's a new way to do loyalty in 2023. And so I am, I think it's it's not for everyone and it's not something that everyone's engaging with, but if you can think about building loyalty for your customer, and then again, that's just kind of like a way you do it, right? A lot of brands have loyalty programs, just like a lot of brands have marketing and media mixes. So it's just like diversifying your, your media mix a little bit, I think, right? Rather than like unpacking it like it's this whole big scary thing. And thank you, Victoria. She um, is the one who inspired me around that because she broke it down for me at lunch in New York very simply in that way. And then ever since I'm just thinking about it very, very simply and very practically. A lot of sense. What's a... Uh... What's your favorite marketing campaign that you've worked on? And I'm sure there's quite a few, but if you had to think of one. Oh, man. Okay. Well, making a beer and a fake beer ad for a stock exchange, I'd have to say was a super duper thrill. And that came up so organically. I traveled with the founder when I first joined a CMO. He's Irish. People love drinking like at the pub when Wall Street closes. It's just like this whole cultural phenomenon our awareness was super low against NYSE and NASDAQ. And so I thought, let's make a beer. And then I thought, well, actually the beer could represent one of our products, liquidity, which is just another way of saying stock inventory. And so it all came together and that was so fun. And when I was presenting it to the company, I was like, Ooh, we should make a fake Super Bowl ad and just like throw it on Twitter for 500 bucks, you know? So so we did that. And then that turned into this big thing where we made a dark beer to represent a type of trading called dark trading, a lighter beer to represent something called lit trading. And like, it just kept extending. The thing I loved about it the most, honestly, was that it just, it was like putting oxygen on fire, you know, like it just kept breathing new life because we, 
put something out and let the customer just tell us whether or not they liked it or not. And they loved it. So we, so we did more. And then for card.com, um, it's so cool to join a company whose whole entire reason for being is to help brands grow online and to grow up as a brand strategist and to be able to then run marketing for a company whose whole mission is about a brand obsessed way to help brands make, you know, make their money with their business. And they're trying to impact the the customers that they've created their products for. Like that was so fun. And so we deployed um, wild posters in all the key local markets around the country where e-com companies are headquartered, like LA, Austin, New York, love letters to the companies that we wanted to do business with. And so it was basically like public, um, publicly asking companies for their business, which was so much fun. And I got to like read love letters on stage to brands. And it was just a thrill to be able to think about that. Like, what are the brands that I've loved and that I'm really you know, fond of? And let me publicly ask for their business. And the brief to the agency was just, I want to publicly ask the top brands in the nation for their business at cart.com and maybe make it something like the, we want you poster from the, you know, from the army. Mm-hmm. That was the brief, like a brief should be brief, man. And then they came up with this amazing idea to write love letters and to personalize them. And like, it was just so fun. You know, I was watching the uh, Watchers last week, and uh, I don't know if you've seen that show. No. No, I haven't seen okay. it either. Uh, okay, well, uh, somewhat similar and maybe a little bit more creepy. Uh, the, <laughs> the premise is the uh, guy writes love letters to houses, so... Uh, oh! So that's, oh, yeah. that's where the term To get them to sell? Is. To get them to sell the houses? Uh, well, I, I won't give away any more. So. Yeah. That's actually a good idea if you see a house in your neighborhood that you really want to buy. Like, hi, dear house. I really love your house. Will you please sell it so that I can yeah. buy? <laughs> especially like, especially as an individual and not like a realtor. Yeah. That would be yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so so last question for me, Kate, and this is the most important and staple question we ask, mm-hmm. and it has to do with sort of similar thing. Uh, I'm sure you get a lot of unsolicited messages on LinkedIn and email. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a message that gets your attention and what's one that you really dislike? I dislike canned messages. I don't read them. If I can tell that they are copied and pasted, I delete them just because I feel that it's lazy and LinkedIn is another way to build a connection and you would never walk up to someone that you want to be friends with and just like robotically introduce yourself at least I don't think so so <laughs> I hope not um, you, you haven't met people from Starista some of our uh, yeah introverts. I mean maybe not but <laughs> so, introverts say, Hi. No. I just think using the online space is an excuse for like trying to connect with people at scale is silly. So I really love it when people say, I saw something that you did, or I noticed this article that I thought you might find interesting or, you know, something personal. And that I really appreciate. I'll give you a great example. My new friend, Dan in London. Hi, Dan. Dan. He works at an agency called Small World, and he and I are actually talking about doing some really fun projects together, which is really exciting for me because I 
like I said, used to live and work in London. And so that's really fun. Um, so international, it's kind of a flavor again. And he and I are, were friends on LinkedIn because he saw the posters, the love letter posters that we did for cart. And he wrote a very simple little message about the fact that he'd seen them out in the wild, admired them as a marketing tactic and said, hi. And I was like, dude, that's so nice. Like, wow. Thank you so much for acknowledging my team's work. Like we appreciate that because we all got to lift each other up, you know? And of course I would love to meet with you. And so we, we met on zoom and now we're buds and we're going to do some business together. It's great. That's awesome. And it's kind of, and it's kind of like, it's, uh, you know, like when we first met you were at cart.com, right. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, we want to talk to Kate and and the work she's doing. And then when you Mm -hmm. told us about what you're doing now, we were like, that's awesome. And we want to, we, you know, we want to, you know, get, get that out there because uh, we, we, we love what you're doing. Kate, let's get to know you personally these last few uh, minutes here. And then we'd love, uh, you know, any news you want to share about the organization, anything there. But Kate, uh, you know, you moved out to Austin for work. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, what do you like to do in your, your free time, your personal time? I know you're, you're working, 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 but there's got to be some fun things in Austin. Yes, Austin's so fun. And I am working, working, working. But, you know, I have always felt like work-life fluidity is the name of the game. And so I love thinking about all 24 hours in the day and not just the work day or the non-work day and figuring that out. And I look, I love spending time with my community. I think being connected to people who you really love and adore and feel grounded and inspired by or is just the number one way to love your life and one of those people includes my son who's turning seven in November which is so crazy Mm -hmm. he's so creative and fun and interesting and so we love to sing and dance and play the drums and draw and paint and he jumps all over the house like a little monkey and we we just have the best time but so he's part of the idea of just community and being connected and I love doing things with the people that I love that bring us closer together like cooking and playing music and playing cards and sitting in front of the fire and I love my morning routine I love stretching and I love journaling and setting intentions and so like incorporating peacefulness into my day is really important to me being out in nature which is so easy to do in Austin is super important to me too and I love to travel I love it I am I travel if I'm not with my son I am basically on the road so it's such a joy and that's again part of just curiosity right it's like going to new places meeting new faces trying new food I love doing that um and I'm grateful that I that I get to that's awesome yeah no sounds sounds like fun uh the nature part I love it you didn't get that much here in New York some areas but it's uh (laughs) But that's that's amazing. And Kate, just some final thoughts, you know, any exciting news to share, anything, uh, a way to get in touch with you, 
if you want, don't give your email address out like I do. Um, you know, <laughs> trust me, don't do that. But uh, yeah, any news to share and closing thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you do do, just say, hey, and they, you listen to the podcast and I promise I'll respond to you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That'll be perfect. I love and adore to get messages like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, the most exciting thing is that I'm really one and a half months in to crush and we are doing such fun work for some really awesome brands from skincare and beauty to CBD and wellness to crowdfunding for climate and clean tech. Um, there's a platform called Raise Green that you can invest a minimum of a hundred dollars on. It's founded by this guy named Franz, who was in the Obama White House for eight years. He was on the team who did the Paris Accord. He started this amazing platform. Um, the, the, the skincare brand is called Hanny. And they started with this really cool razor. It's a weighted razor that's made of metal. Mm -hmm. And it is helping the environment significantly because we use so much plastic in our razors and it's got this smooth shave that's unreal because of the way that it exfoliates your skin. So like just in terms of feeling good in your skin, especially as we're going into winter, like that's an awesome brand. I'm so excited to, to be part of now. And it's been such a joy to learn from their CEO and get to know her and I'm doing some really interesting work with some private equity firms and portfolio brands that that various private equity firms have in terms of marketing roundtables and bringing brands together under one roof so that they can learn from each other and, and share with each other. And so there's this whole community building aspect to it, which has been really cool. And I'm so delighted by all of those fun conversations and that I get to work with friends. Like the CBD business is my friend's business. It's called Bud Fox. It's absolutely amazing. It's going to have this really cool lifestyle angle on one side, like super mountaineer and um, water outdoorsman kind of a vibe. And then there's real innovation that they have happening with with cannabis as it pertains to helping people who have like real severe illnesses like Parkinson's. So that's been so cool to think about too. And again, to like work with people who have a lot of vision and creativity and they're trying to make an impact. That's been so cool. So I'm really excited just getting started. There's much more that I didn't even highlight obviously, but those are a couple of the really awesome fun ones that are just really exciting for me day to day right now. That's awesome. No, it sounds like, you know, some um, great work you're already starting to do. This has been amazing. Kate, thank you so much for spending some time with us. That is Kate Gunning. She's the founder and chief marketing advisor at Crush. Check her out. Mention that you uh, checked her on the podcast. She'll re respond to you. She'll respond to you. We won't give your, her email away, but uh, <laughs> this has been great. Thank you so much. That's Kate Gunning. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been an episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.